Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. You're here with me, Brother Thomas Therese, comma OP, and him... Daniel, comma nothing. <laughs> comma nothing, yeah. Uh, today, uh, <laughs> what does that look for? <laughs> what do you mean, yeah? <laughs> no, I was, just, um, I was just thinking we should probably explain what OP means again. What does again, OP mean? Yeah, just in case we get new people. So OP stands for Order of Preachers. So I am a Dominican friar, which is... Uh, uh, nothing to do with fish and chips. <laughs> it's um, it's uh, I'm basically a brother in the Catholic Church, uh, training for the priesthood. I've taken a vow of obedience, which includes poverty and chastity, and I live in a community with uh, many other men who live the same sort of life, and we preach the gospel for the salvation of souls. Yeah, so hopefully... And you're called brother because... Because we're brothers. <laughs> um, not because we're we're brothers in the sense of that, we are, that we're all related in a physical sense, but we are related in a spiritual sense, and we remind the church and the world that we have this common uh, common brotherhood coming from, coming from the Lord. So uh that's enough about me anyway <laughs> what was i gonna say I've, you've completely thrown me off track now how have you been been all right been good had a nice day had a bit of a day off so it was nice what did you do today dad <laughs> oh, i went to see a good friend thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was good to see you. i came to see you it was good it was nice we went and we had ice cream and went for a wander and stuff and had um it's just really nice, yeah. Yeah, where did we go to? We went to an abbey. Godstow Abbey. It's a ruin now, of course. Henry VIII sort of saw to that. So this this abbey, which had been home to, you know, tens of, of nuns, uh, Benedictine, was uh, dissolved by Henry VIII in the 1530s and uh, was given to his personal physician. So this house that had housed quite a few people in the end was turned into a, the family home of one person uh, which is quite a common story in the in the reformation lots of abbeys and things and the stones for the ruins of abbeys were used to furnish wealthy people's homes and the homes of the lords and things and these abbeys very often had given shelter to the poor and the destitute and the homeless and the hungry and the weary traveller and um, in the end they were turned into private dwellings uh, for one family rather than housing lots of people it was uh, terrible anyway i'm sure we will at some point have a have an episode on the reformation historically i thought you're gonna promise an episode on church architecture church architecture <laughs> I, I don't know as much about church architecture as i do about church history but maybe we could talk about the architecture but anyway on to today's episode today we're going to be talking about influencers so we've had lots of uh, i mean there's a lot of talk uh, in modern times in recent times about the rise of influencers so we thought that we would talk about those people those influencers who have shaped our thoughts and our understanding of god and have helped us come closer to christ and his church and uh, other influences so the things that uh, the experiences we've had the places we've been the people we've met the books we've read you know i had a thought as you were telling me about this idea i was thinking about what is an influencer and they normally influence us in order to buy something don't they but i was mm. thinking in terms of the influences and influencers that we're going to be talking about today they're to bring us towards a good you know bring us further in holiness if you like or closer to god closer to relationship with god so mm. there is quite a difference there isn't there i mean maybe some influencers influencers are for a good yeah 
I suppose instead of us buying in a, into a sort of uh, a product, I suppose um, we're being, as St. Paul might say, said, uh, ransomed for Christ. You know, we're being bought for Christ. We're being uh, reconciled with him. So rather than us sort of buying into a, a product, as it were, it's more that we are claimed and we participate in that our freedom isn't abused by God in his saving us we freely participate in in our salvation I think this is one of the one of the difficulties very often that people will have is people will just think that religion and Christianity in particular is a series of truth claims so it's sort of you know I will list a or talk about you know the truth of the gospel and they'll think about these intellectual propositions and then they'll chew over whether they think that they're correct or not and they think that that really is faith but actually it's not it's an intellectual assent to something yeah but that's not faith faith is actually something something quite different not only that they it also assumes that they should be able to understand every aspect of the faith and that you know if, if i look at you know languages like french or if i look at some subjects like astrophysics you know i don't understand these things there are some truths that i have to accept on the authority of others and whilst i do think that the gospel is comprehensible i do think it's reasonable and rational i do think uh, for the most part we can understand it i think that there are some things which we might just have to accept and I don't think that it's a relinquishing of our intelligence to be able to accept things on the authority uh, of, of others. I think we do it all the time in daily life, actually. Yeah, so I think there can be this sort of tendency to see Christianity or religion in general as a product and I will either opt in or opt out. But actually it's seeing things in, in the wrong way. I mean, Thomas Aquinas, when he talks about religion, talks about it under the virtue of justice and that we're giving to God his due. We're giving to God something which is which we we owe to God. But more than this, actually, it's something which God does for us. It's for our benefit and but it's not something which he's going to force on you in the sense of abusing your freedom for he will call you to this he will draw you to himself um through uh, ways of goodness truth and beauty in all sorts of different ways you know god desires all souls to be saved as we read in scripture and not only does he not this isn't just a passive desire like wishing this is an active desire which he works to bring about so yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting thing that you raised that sort of <laughs> sort of touches on many sort of other ideas. I've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole. So <laughs> maybe to to claw things back a little bit. Yeah, we're talking about influences and and uh, influencers and influences uh, on our thoughts, and maybe some of these things will um, will be able to help you in your relationship with God and your relationship with, with others and help form and, and shape you and help you to flourish as human beings and that your joy might be complete, right? So we're going to be talking about people, well, I know I'm going to be talking about people like Therese of Lisieux, Thomas Aquinas, Bishop Robert Barron, but also friends, family and experiences and things which have changed me and changed our changed our thought isn't that what you always talk about yeah <laughs> it's true i don't i don't uh, i do tend to go on about these things a little bit don't i so people in in your life who have influenced you heavily mm. who would you say not just not just like thinkers like that saints and religious people but even in your in your ordinary life everyday life yeah well i'm I think probably the first person who I should probably talk about who I've spoken about before is my grandmother. You know, she taught me about the faith and things. And there's a sort of an instinct, I suppose, that she gave me, which now I suppose I'd call the 
sense of faith or the senses fidelium you get this sort of yeah this intuition it's not an intuition there's something else it's quite complicated but she passes she passed something on to me you know the the traditions and she taught me how to pray and she taught me about jesus and how to make sort of useful distinctions and clarifications about what the gospel means but more than that she exemplified it she lived it she lived the gospel and she radiated this light and this joy and she was very funny and even when she was sort of exasperated there is something um about her and i think people who knew her they knew that the faith wasn't just a sort of abstract intellectual pursuit that she dabbled in it was lived and it was at the core of her being and it was the the most important fundamental part of her was her relationship with god and she wanted everybody to be able to participate in that relationship too so her faith actually made her very open to others and very charitable and generous with others and joyful and dutiful you know so that's a, something that actually that i very much value now when i see and i identify that very much with with the church and with with god she's somebody who radiated the gifts of the holy spirit uh you know joy patience kindness uh self-control and things well, i say self-control she loved she loved food <laughs> uh as so do i you know but um she yeah she radiated those those gifts of the holy spirit she radiated christ and she radiated the goodness of god and that's something which really um i i'm very thankful for because not everybody has that experience of the church and of christians and um i'm very lucky you know uh to, to have had that i think i was given the gift of faith prior to this uh, deepening of a relationship with my grandmother and i would say she's probably the the first key person of course another person in terms of friendship would be somebody like you i've learned a lot about the the faith and a lot about god from you and from your witness and we were talking earlier as um, we were walking through this field and it's sort of saying you know that you how you encourage me to holiness and to to be better than what i am and in doing this this does draw me draw me closer to god i don't remember you saying that i'd say it again all i remember on the walk was being absolutely soaked <laughs> <laughs> because it was pouring with rain yeah it was teary though on a walk it reminds me of another tour that you did in oxford with some other people and they got absolutely soaked oh brandon vott and uh yeah yeah it was raining all day you know it's just I was, it was just really lovely to be in their company you know and sort of wandering around fields and things and teeming down with rain. Certainly un unforgettable for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It, I'm sure it was sort of, I remember halfway around this uh, Christchurch meadow, it was um, it was really teeming down with rain. And uh, Kathleen, Brandon's wife, really, really kind, generous, tender-hearted person. I hadn't realised that she was so cold. And we were only halfway around and Father, Father Blake Britton, turned to me and said oh you know do you think we could go somewhere maybe for a coffee i think kathleen's a bit cold and i turned around and she was shivering <laughs> brandon was really good you know they put his arm around i gave her his coat and everything it was really beautiful to see really chivalrous and um i i was so embarrassed because i knew that there was another like 10 minutes to go before we'd get even out of the park never mind to somewhere with a hot chocolate and i, I sent them a, an email later and they said oh you know I hope uh, I hope you're all okay and you've all warmed up. And uh, they 
<laughs> sent me an email saying, um, "Wasn't she hospitalised?" Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what they said. They they said, "Oh well, actually, at the moment we're just at the hospital. Kathleen's being treated for pneumonia," and I was just, I was more, I couldn't believe it. But obviously, it was a massive joke. Uh, they were, that, they were. It, it was. It, I, oh, I was so embarrassed. But no, very funny. Great people. But no, you're right. It was teeming down with rain more so than today. Um, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you in many ways actually have uh, helped um, bring me closer to God in a very real and, and practical way, I think. And also intellectually, yeah, you've helped to, uh, you've helped me come to a greater intellectual understanding of, of the faith and, and of God. I don't think you can say that when some of the people you're standing under are like, Father Richard Answorth. <laughs> it's like his towering intellect. That's, I mean, it's true. I mean, these people are clever, but I mean, you learn in many different ways from many different people, you know, and many different things. Rich Nanseth, by the way, is a scripture scholar. He wrote a fantastic book called, is it When the Son of Man Didn't Come or Why the Son of Man Didn't Come or something, which was a, a, a trying to talk about the parts of scripture where it looks like uh, Jesus is saying, oh, I'll come back very soon. And of course, 2000 years later, <laughs> um, he you know the second coming hasn't happened yet or has it you know that's part of the book you know we might talk about the eucharist as a second coming coming of jesus in a certain sense and we might also say that it's also there is an exhortation of the the urgency to live a good life now you know um and conversion because you do not know the hour when the son of man will come anyway uh apart from that a, a priest from the diocese of shrewsbury called father simon o'connor father simon o'connor is a parish priest in a parish in winsford and he probably was the uh, also coupled with father jerome fagan um another priest from the diocese of shrewsbury in crew had a very very big impact on my life especially in my teenage years when i when i met them both uh, simon really impressed me in that he spoke about the faith in a very intelligent way it wasn't dumbed down but it also wasn't incomprehensible i remember he was the first person who taught me that uh, famous line god became man so that man might become god and that we receive the body of christ in order to become the body of christ and it really just opened my mind to what the Eucharist really was and how important it was, you know, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so these are, I suppose, some of the people sort of personally in my life who have, of course, the brothers, the Dominican brethren who I live with, you know, we're, we have fantastic preachers, Father Oliver Keenan, um, uh, as you say, Richard Downs with Timothy Radcliffe. All of these people really have shaped my life, not only in their preaching, but in how they live how they live as human beings and they're, they're impressive people and i it's sometimes you know I, I i find myself actually quite intimidated by how brilliant they are and they they do show forth the the brilliance of the lord you know yeah they're great but what about you what sort of um in terms of the people in your life who would you point to as saying having shaped your relationship with god and uh, in what ways well I, i'm pretty sure the brothers in your community are probably in awe of you as well. Ah, I don't know about that. Um, well, yourself, you played a, a pretty key role in my faith journey, my journey of faith. I mean, other key people like, like my grandma as well, you know, like she's a bit like your grandma. Very comical, you know, lots of uh, stories and jokes from her. Uh, but it, she had a great character and she, she always, always prayed, which impressed upon me 
she would always pray each evening and make a point of uh, making the, the time to pray. But, you know, other people as well, like my granddad, I think he had a, a major role when I came to university. His, uh, his intellect, he's very, very clever, very sharp, wouldn't let, it get, wouldn't let you get away with uh, thinking easily on some topics or taking the easy route when it comes to mm. a discussion. Uh, but I think that's, that's good. Mm. And can I also just say, he is a man of incredible gentleness and generosity. Uh, he he really is a, a very very saintly man, very impressive, yeah, he's, uh, he's very brilliant. kind, very good humoured. Yeah, he's absolutely yeah. brilliant. A very moral man, a just man, kind. And then you know, likewise, my my mum played a, a another a key saintly role as well, woman. You know, te- teaching us prayers. Yeah, look at look at you canonising all of my family. <laughs> <laughs> you you'll you'll be on the uh, canonisation uh, block too if oh, I. I I'd have to die before you then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a biography about you that will become a bestseller. <laughs> Is it St. Raymond of Capua who wrote who wrote biographies of... Oh, who was it? I think he wrote... Was it something about Catherine of Siena that became very well known? And there was another another saint, not St. Rita, but maybe St. Margaret of somewhere. Yeah, it's often a saint that writes about another saint. It's funny, isn't right, it? Isn't yeah. It? Mm, yeah interesting sorry you were saying i keep in i'll shut up now ah, well well hopefully if one of us becomes a saint the other one will too. well i'm counting on you i mean you've got to remember all my stories <laughs> yeah so that those are like key people in my life i mean that i think lots of people play a role like a, a small role and then some people play a a, a big role absolutely a huge role if I look at what about your your job and the people you encounter in your job, like I, if I look at my own life when I was being a when I was the catechetical and youth coordinator, the children who I um, served in the school and in the and in the parish who are making the Holy Communion confirmation, the the catechists especially who I worked with, teachers in the school, the priests who I worked under, Sherry the parish secretary, all of these people taught me taught me so much and really smoothed my edges and yeah you know what have you have you found that to be the case too that in in serving other people you've been sort of shaped by them and have had your rough edges uh smoothed and learned from them yeah well because i'm still in the role it's very hard to mention oh you know it's very hard you know what i mean it's very hard to say a few people because then you inevitably miss other people who who also play an important role but i would say a a number of people who embody evangelization and accompaniment of other people in their faith who are just naturally very good at Mm. it and i think uh, i mean i'm not maybe not naturally good at those things but have been helped along the way by those by you know by other people um but yeah there's some great people who introduce people to prayer and welcome people as they come into the church and, and then accompany people over time i think there's a sort of an, an an attitude of some people that can help pick you up in a certain sort of culture that can develop can't they you know a culture of hospitality and a culture of welcome and a culture of generosity so a lot of the things i think that that very often we're learning from each other are those ways of being and and doing i think absolutely crucial 
I was just thinking about something you just said there. Like in the parish, there were people that rounded up and softened your edges. I was thinking, blimey, what were you like before? Well, you knew me before. Sassy, <laughs> sassy. Going on and on and on for hours in the middle of the night because I was asked one question. And, you know, all of a sudden the sun's coming up and we've got to get some sleep. So this, yeah, that was in Lourdes. Yeah, that was on, on pilgrimage in Lourdes. Yeah, speaking of places, what sort of places have, um, have shaped you? Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lords obviously a really important place for me. But you know, I was thinking, I was thinking the other day about this that in Redden, that while I was in Redden, I studied there at the university, and they had a small little church. If anyone knows it, it's called Saint William of York. It's a really small church. You've been there, I think. I have. Yeah, but it's nice. I remember spending, you know, hours there over those three years. Uh, for adoration or for the rosary or something and it it was very impressive i remember no but i remember it's just it was you're praying far more than it was it was a it was just a really it's a basic church Uh, there's no thrills there you've got Mm -hmm. the other church saint james which is there saint james the apostle which is there in the center of town it's a beautiful church the stone is from the or in uh, it's either from or it's in continuity with the old abbey that's there and it's a be- that's a very beautiful church oh is this the one that's like norman yeah it's sort of got like a norman yeah, it's like round it's got a rounded sort of that's beautiful yeah. yeah that's the one i was thinking of that's nice but most of my memories of Redden in terms of like my you know faith journey are linked to saint william of york because in that very simple church you know we're freezing cold and like just very hard benches and chairs you know but i spent many hours there in you know in prayer and mm. little prayer groups and meeting people that still play an important role like amelia you know oh that's um, where you met amelia that's where i met amelia yeah at the well in Redden, but you know she used to come along to the prayer groups and adoration and, and things like that so yeah that played an important formative role i would say and obviously obviously lords pilgrimages to lords have been very important at different stages throughout my life i mean we've we've been on uh, our own pilgrimages with friends you know mm, with, with amelia and yeah. amelia yeah which uh, are very significant you know traveling around france with hardly any sleep and mm. camping everywhere <laughs> <laughs> i slept very well the, the delicacies <laughs> yeah eating the delicacies of amelia she could only cook one dish which was pasta I'm sure she would object to that, so I'm going to object on her behalf. But I sort of like, I feel I it's slightly true. I, I do feel would. it's slightly <laughs> true. Uh, I'm not sure if it is true, but it feels true. Uh, <laughs> she. Well, those, and, and your delicacy, mini cheddars. <laughs> mini cheddars. No, didn't we? Alpen bars. That was another one. Yeah, really, like, we basically we'd go camping around Le Sioux, Mont Saint-Michel, Montfort-sur-Mer, Montfort-sur-Serve, Lourdes, Toulouse. We went to La Salette in the mountains. Um, went to Ars. Ars, yeah. We basically just did a massive tour all around the sides of France and then up through the middle. paris le Monial. Um Yeah, What's Rouen. What's your favourite place in France oh. that we went to? Oh, I mean, when we went to Lisieux, I mean, because obviously I have such a strong devotion to Therese of Lisieux. I mean, I love Lourdes because I've got so many memories there. It's a place where I think, I think Lourdes really is an antidote to the modern utilitarian mindset. So the idea that people's value comes from their usefulness rather than from just 
being a human being, you know, uh, in relationship with God, the idea that their value comes from what their function, you know, it lords is a place where a lot of sick people go often looking for healing, looking for relationship, they go on pilgrimage. And uh, a lot of young people and a lot of older people too will serve the sick, pushing them in wheelchairs, working in the hospital and all the rest of it. And you just learn so much from them in their lives and the great humility that they have in allowing you to serve them. It's very, very humbling. Um, but you see that for a lot of these people, a lot of them actually can be quite isolated and quite lonely when they're at home. You know, a lot of them can, a lot of them actually can't do anything for themselves. You see people with such severe disabilities that they can't feed themselves, they can't clothe themselves, they can't wash themselves, they can't, they can't move. Uh, sometimes the only thing that they can move are their eyes, you know, and these aren't, aren't all, you know, people at the end of their lives. Sometimes these are people who are actually very young and um, you, you serve them and they, uh, they let you serve them, you know. And they serve you. Yeah, I mean, the world is, is turned upside down. Exactly. The world is turned upside down. It, their function, the fact that, you know, they, work, they it's not just that they don't have a job, they won't have a job. And very often they won't have a family. Uh, or, they, or for some of the those who are older and infirm, their family might have gone off and had their own family and just not visit them and things. And very often they're humbled that somebody wants to spend time with them and somebody wants to help them. And it's it shows that actually they are intrinsically worthy of being loved, that the only acceptable dimension in which the human person can flourish is one of love. And yet yeah, it turns the world upside down. Yeah, so, because when you think of that they don't have money, they don't have power, they don't have reputation, you know, they, they're, they're nothing in terms of that in the world, but mm. they have it inherent dignity that comes from yeah. god they're the uns of society aren't they you know the unwanted the unloved the underappreciated and in lords their nickname is the vip you know but there they're shown that they are exactly absolutely and in loving each other you're transformed you're transformed by that act of love and you're both raised up it, it's it's beautiful. And I would say that the conversions that come about in Lords, they come about through, I think, through that service. I mean, they come about in many ways, but the Lord works through that service, which is there. And the Lord works through the sick and it holds up a mirror to our current society and says, what do you value? Do you really value the sick? And the, or do you just value people for what they can give you, for what they can do, for how they make you feel? Because it's a very uncomfortable thing, you know, having to clothe somebody or wash somebody, having to feed somebody. You're meeting somebody in their suffering and in their pain. It's uncomfortable and people will shy away from it. But no, you, you must head it straight on. And that's exactly what the, what the Christian gospel tells you to do. Whatsoever you do to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, that you do to me. This is, is existentially important for us as human beings. It's important for our, for our very being. You know, and um, I really think that uh, Lords and what happens at Lords and the message of Lords really has the power to transform society and really hold a mirror up to our society and show us actually where we've got so much wrong and how we can make things better. You're seeing massive traffic jams because you have an army of wheelchairs crossing the road. And, you know, the joy and the laughter uh, that comes in this place is not a place... I mean, it is a place of tears, you know, and people leave their, their grief there and their suffering there and relationships are healed there and restored there. But 
there's also a lot of joy and jokes and laughter and fun and friendship and fraternity and food <laughs> food and, and drinking and um praying and being together and enjoying each other's company and being together with the lord it's um yeah but i suppose if you have the opportunity if our listeners have the opportunity to ever go on a pilgrimage uh yeah you know let alone a, a pilgrimage to the lords but any sort of pilgrimage it's really really worth doing you know i think lords is, is a wonderful place we speak about it often obviously uh, in these podcasts because it's such an important important place it's changed our lives in many respects you know and it doesn't always do it straight away. You know, sometimes it might take a couple of years to look back on these things and then you see the difference it's made in people's lives. You know? Yeah, I think it, it's really important for actually to, to challenge each other to think about who has had a big influence mm. on our lives. You know, who, to our listeners, who has had a big influence on your life? Who has influenced your faith journey? And I suppose to really to turn around and give thanks to God and thanks to that person mm. as well. Uh, so th thank you brother thomas <laughs> <laughs> thank you the the i'd say the pleasure is all mine but i wouldn't want to um yeah i wouldn't I'd want to deny you from saying thank you uh <laughs> yeah no i i think it's it, places and and, and people I, I it's vital you know we're given to each other we're not intended to be have a relationship with god which is solitary we're part of a communion of saints. Unity and union and communion are absolutely vital. Emmanuel Levinas, the Jewish philosopher, said uh, you don't have a relationship with God apart from your relationship with your neighbor. Very true. Very, very true. So, yeah, do think about those influences in your life and ask yourself, who is it in my life that shows forth the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I was on Twitter the other day. Uh, you can follow me at Thomas Therese OP. <laughs> um, I was on Twitter the other day and I was, I just looked around at Catholic, Catholic Twitter and um, I saw a lot of animosity and really discouraging things and infighting and really all of these things are distractions really to the gospel. And um, I, I asked Catholic Twitter, I sort of just put something out there saying, you know, in those people who you follow, those people who influence your life uh, in yourself, do you find the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Where do you find the spirit of love and patience and peace and joy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control? Where is it you find these things? Do we give too much time to thoughts which sort of live rent free in our in our head which are not encouraging us to love peace joy patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness or self-control but actually are we rejoicing too much in things which are brutal or unkind or make us or, or rob us of our peace or our joy and this isn't this isn't a, a, a call to a sort of therapeutic religion the gospel is hard as at times you know but again those fruits of the holy spirit which come from being in relationship with god and also uh, through um, the fulfillment uh, of our of our confirmation of those gifts of the holy spirit that we're given come to fruition you know we should expect to see these these fruits in the lives of of our christian brothers and sisters and if we don't then you know, there's something something wrong so ask yourself where do you see those things in your life and who is encouraging you to uh, a good relationship with god 
and and with each other but um yeah maybe we should move on to another sort of other influence actually brother thomas we're out of time for this episode oh you're kidding uh next time <laughs> next time we're gonna have to have a another episode on these sorts of things because we, we're wanting to cover also things like what thinkers have influenced us you know what thinkers films have, as well yeah have had Books. an impact on us Same. and the way we see god and the way we see faith uh, but they'll have to be for another episode should we do that for the next episode so then that way people know what's coming up yeah do we want to promise that yeah okay we'll promise that so next time you'll learn about our uh the other the other people who have influenced us uh, like saint Teresa of Lisieux, thomas aquinas uh bishop robert barron uh people like uh i know in your life uh, and mine actually you know people like scott hahn and the different books that we've read which have uh helped us on our on our journey and things like that so we'll look at yeah that'll be our next episode so do join us again don't forget to like follow and subscribe we're working towards at the moment uh coming onto youtube but um we don't know when that'll be ready yet <laughs> uh but yeah thank you very much for joining thank you bye god bless